Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hey, Q. Hey, Jay. What's happening? I, I'm excited because you pitched a topic for this week's episode that, that I love. And you were, you were talking about movies that have comic book supervillains um, and, and like the good ones. And so it, sure. got, it got me thinking, and I've, I, I've always wanted to ask you this question. Everybody asks you like, oh, if you had a superpower, what would you have? Uh, if you were a supervillain, oh. what, what would be your either power or backstory or gimmick or whatever, however you want to phrase it, just – if you were a supervillain, which direction would you go with it? Oh, think? shit. I know, this is, it's a tougher question, I know. Oh, that's a good one, though. So when you're, you know, when you're thinking superheroes, you, you got to think like, okay, you want to be strong and fly and whatever, you know, stop, stop time or something. Sure. So with some of the villains that, that you love, like what were their powers? Like not like Condiment Man or Calendar Man. Sure. Like Mr. Freeze to me is super cool. No pun intended. But I don't know if I'd want his powers because of his restrictions as well. Exactly. Uh, shit. I think, I think mine would have to be mind control. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think mind control as a villain is like super dangerous because there's not necessarily a way to like block it. Right. And like, no, like I don't even have to fight because I can stop you before you even try to stop. Right. Me. You know what I mean? And then I just make people do whatever I want. So, so kind of, Oh, who is that? Uh, Brainiac sort of is, is that. Yeah. Except I want to be good looking. Like I still am. <laughs> right. You don't want to be like, I don't want to be like a green dude with like hoses pocket popping out of my head. Totally. Totally get it. Um, see, I like that, but I also want to have the ability to control people. So I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to say, oh man, it's tough. So here's what I'm going to say. I want the ability and it, you, you can't make a super villain, like all powerful. It's kind of like meh. So I think my, sure. my power is going to be, or my super villain power is going to be to manipulate time. Not so much like control oh. it because that would be too powerful. To like- I think affect but to be able to be like you know i can affect like a 15 minute span or like two seconds or something to to get away or like i can rob a bank and then like kind of make people think it didn't happen and still get away with the money or or things like that like you could still be defeated but you'd be able to manipulate in ways that could get around stuff but obviously you couldn't Ah. control the future or the past or um like be all powerful and just wouldn't be fun right i I very much like that. I'm into that. So yeah, that'd be that'd be mine. Some sort of manipu- time nice. manipulation. What if we were like a, a villain duo? Ooh, like the Die Five. Yeah, Die, die five. five. 
Can we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. That would be cool. I had the power of mind control. And I had the power of like time manipulation. So like you could convince and then we people, just fucking you like, could convince people to rob a bank and then I could make it like not happen. And then we could just leave those people there like to take the fall for us. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we'd be all, that's awesome. We'd be we all would, powerful. We would be, we'd be an unstoppable duo, much like we are now. Much, 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 much similar. It, like we, like a lot of people compare us to, to the league of evil, um, which I understand a lot of people um, do, uh, you know, a lot of, and, and, and which is okay. You know, a lot of people compare us to like, uh, Thanos's galley gallery of rogues and minions, yeah. which I a lot of people understand. just compare us to Thanos. A lot, like just, a lot do just you and I combined are a Thanos. Yeah, no, know. no. Either one of us couldn't be a Thanos, but like no, both of us together, but together, most of the time we're sitting on each other's shoulders and wearing a large trench coat. That just says Thanos written on it. Right. Yes. No one believes we're Thanos. We're not even purple. That's We've true. just been holding also we really just hold like, our breaths. I really like that you described it as we're both sitting on each other's shoulders, which I'm not sure how that would happen. Well, <laughs> you know what? If people if people had been listening to our other stuff two episode, then they know that we are each other. We are all all of us. We are each other. Yeah. We are we're gonna. We're going to force the world to be a better place <laughs> through fear and education by dusting their mothers. <laughs> Did you say Martha? Uh, so, man, this episode, we decided to talk top five on-screen comic book villains. Now, to clarify, to clarify, because this is the question I ask you, Yes. Movie on screen. Yes. Yes. On film. Okay. On film. Okay. Good. Good. We're not talking TV villains. Oh, because I'll be honest. Like, um, Adrian Veidt in the new Watchmen series. Fucking pretty dude. fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Dude. Jeremy Irons would have to be discussed. You know. So I, I was agree. glad that we said no TV one. So it still makes it. Don't get me wrong. This is this was tough. Like. Me figuring out, like, oh, well, between this or this or, well, this guy's been in, like, seven movies, and this guy was in one, but it was really great. Or, I mean, how did you even start with a list like this? What were your criteria? Can I throw something out before we get too far into that topic? Because you brought it up. Um, I want to talk about Watchmen for two seconds. That is one of the biggest problems that I had with Zack Snyder's Watchmen is I did not like matthew good as ozmandius i here's the thing all is i all the other characters like i wanted him to be brit i wanted him to be like a young jeremy Irons. he needed you know to what be. i'm he saying he needed to be but he came off as just kind of bland well what was weird is that he was kind of doing a homelander way earlier to homelander sure. except I mean, and in the graphic novel, you can span out that Adrian Veidt is kind of like this dickhead, but oh no, he's behind everything at the end, and, the, and it packs that punch. In a two-hour movie, it's harder to do that. And I think sure. they kind of won it both ways, because Matthew Good is kind of like, no, believe me, I'm a hero at the beginning, but he doesn't come across as menacing as Homelander, 
So they want you to believe that he's like a good guy, kind of. And then, but then when he is in full menacing mode, it's it, still not menacing. Exactly, mode. that's the problem. Exactly, is it just doesn't connect. Like Homelander, the guy who does him, he could have nailed that Adrian Veidt. Like he would have made that Watchmen movie so much better. I agree because he can portray this like very like good wholesome hero, but then like go full on crazy like i will annihilate you but he can also do that like i'm being nice to you but if you really pay attention to me i might be killing you right now and you're not even sure of it. right exactly and so yeah so i agree i think like and that was one of the strongest points in my opinion of the television show watchmen was that they really like keyed in on how the characters connected to each other and how they needed to be played Totally agree. I feel like they, they course corrected on that yes. for sure. Because Jeremy Irons was, was great as like, I am a genius, but I am insane. Agreed. So that being said, um, regarding kind of what you had, you had asked what I thought about on screen. Yeah. Like how did you even start thinking about this? So for me, this list is definitely going to come down to, uh, kind of iconic portrayals for me okay as well as like relatability to their cause if that makes sense like like a villain no that does make a villain to me is scarier when you can almost understand why they're doing what they're doing because then it seems like a viable threat and but let me add like a context of that uh, like a parenthetical to that before we get some angry tweets. The, uh, but they're the only way that that what you just said is not true is if it's the Joker, and he's the yes, only one agreed. that has ever been able to do it the right way. And anybody else that tries to be like I'm crazy for crazy's sake or for anarchy's sake is like oh well that's a cheap ripoff. So like. He is the iconic, Agreed. like, I don't have a motive, and that's what makes me scary villain, but nobody else can get away with that. It's not possible. He is the top 1% of the 1% of the 1%, and he's the only one who can do it, in my opinion. Right. Outside of, like, I mean, because even Zaz, even Zaz is different than that, because Zaz has the motivation of pain and, and the marks, you know? Exactly. Which, by the way, can I tell you, we watched Birds of Prey not too long ago. Oh, yeah. What would you think? Have you seen it? Yeah, we Haley and I went and saw it in the theater. I dug it a lot. Yeah. I thought the dude who did Zaz, when I didn't realize he was in when he says, like, Mr. Zaz or whatever, it hit me like two seconds later. It's like, wait, did he say Mr. Zaz? And then I started paying attention. Yep. He had, like, the cuts all over him. But he wasn't yep. bald. He had, like, the, the, the like, like uh, blonde-shaped blonde. head. I dug it. I don't know. I think the actor, oh, um, not Jude Law. Uh, shit, Ewan McGregor. I think he did fine. He is a good actor, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe him. He wasn't. He wasn't scary, uh, but he was good. He was menacing. He was good. He just. I don't think he was right. I feel like there were moments where his character went far enough. But I thought a lot of his character didn't feel like he took it far enough. Like, it felt like he was, like, holding back his crazy. And I didn't want to see that. Like, I wanted to see it 
like really come to the surface here here is a and I may have actually stumbled onto my own problem with this is I think Zaz was so good that you and McGregor just did. I was like, I don't need both of you to be this, you know, like, I don't need you and McGregor, like walking around the bar and being like, yo, you're going to dance for me. Yeah. You're going to dance for me. And then like the next scene, Zaz is cutting somebody's face off. It's like, which one of you is supposed to be crazy. And Zaz is doing a better job at this. I almost would have liked, I did like that there felt like there was a weird, like homoerotic tone between Zaz and him. And I was like into that. Like, I, I wish they would have like. If they had been a duo, I think I would have been more into it. Because then they could have fed off each other's craziness. Exactly. Instead of just simply being like a henchman and yeah. villain. If they could have been more like a team, yeah. like a partnership or something, I I agree. Uh, but it's everything Suicide Squad wanted to be. Exactly. Like the other characters, Huntress and um, oh Rosie Sanchez. I forget her character's name in the uh, in the the cop. Rosie basically. Perez. Rosie Perez. Thank you. Uh, um, Montoya. Thank you. Them two, and I mean Har Harley Quinn. Without question, she just owns the movie. But the direction of it, yeah. the the cinematography, the the actual story that they told. What did you think about them making the Huntress essentially like a comic relief character? You know, it was because they basically made her like, okay, you're an assassin, but that's kind of the joke. Is that like you are just always in assassin mode, and it makes you look kind of ridiculous. Here's the thing is I didn't mind that with the character, but I thought they used Mary Elizabeth Winstead to her potential. She's a fantastic actress and could have done so sure. much better. Have you, this is going to be a dumb reference. Have you seen Sky High? Yes. She's the bad guy in that too. Oh yeah. I and forgot I think about that. She, I forgot this. I haven't thought about Sky High in Forever. That movie is underrated, by the way. Everybody should go check it out. I think it's on Amazon Plus or Netflix or Amazon Prime or Netflix. I think I might have it on VHS. It, she, if for those of you who don't, and spoiler alert, but who cares? If you don't know, she's the bad guy in that movie. And at the end of the movie, it turns out that she is insane and it's great. Like she's great at it. And if you've watched Fargo, you know how well she, you know, she can act. I just thought they didn't use her enough in the movie her character was too one note for her sure. abilities as an actor um, what do you think about them like the way that they got around the whole joker thing like them kind of like showing the back of his head in like flashbacks and her going and basically like living in his like circus i defunct circus area I thought if you or were going to do it, was. there's no better way to do it if you didn't want to have him in it. Like if Jared you didn't Leto want, come if back. If you didn't want Leto on set and like you were trying to kind of sidestep around that problem with that movie, I think they did it the best way it was could have been done and still make this movie sure. work. I think, uh, I think that uh, – uh, what's her name that plays Harley Quinn? Oh, Ra Margot Robbie. Uh, yeah, I thought she was a better Harley Quinn in this movie than she was in Suicide Squad. Well, in Suicide Squad, and if you, if I've read some of the like the background stuff, but they really were like, "Hey, we got to put you in like booty shorts," and there was a lot of like, "We're gonna make you sex appeal in this movie," and I they they yeah. avoided that completely in this one, which I think, to your point, makes her a better character and allows Margot Robbie to be better as her. 
I, I totally agree. 100%. Because they're not editing around her act. I'm very curious to see her in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I, That's coming. I can't wait. I'm very excited. About I this. don't know what to expect. There's several things that have me like it raises perks my ears, if you will. Right. The fact that Joel Kinnaman is in it again. Right. Kind of as as flag. The fact that Jai Courtney is also in it again weird. as Captain Boomerang. But Idris Elba. And Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie's in it as Harley Quinn and Idris Elba. What? Idris Elba is in it as um oh. Uh, Will Smith's character. No, he's not. He's not. Is he somebody else? No. They yeah. They've officially announced. They think he's Bronze Tiger. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, but that's so. Like, I'm curious. Like, you're you're kind of making a sequel, maybe to a shitty Suicide. Like, I'm very confused as to why you wouldn't just like call it a sequel. Either ignore. Right, or ignore that cast. You know what I'm saying? What if what if they do it and just ignore the other movie completely and they're like, no, we just like these people as these characters. It's kind of like never been done like that before, but... That's possible. That is possible. Do you remember when Tom Hardy was supposed to play the flag character in Suicide Squad? I do, actually. I, and I was Before very Joel Kinnaman got... Yeah. Same. I was like, that would have been kind of dope. He would have he totally would. And not worked. saying that I don't like joel kinnaman i just don't like love joel kinnaman like he's he's fine, fine. did you he's see? just very he's a very forgettable actor to me did you ever well the thing is i always forget that he's not boyd holbrook i know <laughs> i know the problem with him i think um but no no did you ever watch altered carbon you know, I didn't on Netflix. I never got around to it, and man, I've wanted to. And I know season two has um, uh, Anthony Mackie. Thank you. Or, I was trying to think. Yeah, I was trying to think of his uh, his Avengers character, um, uh, Red Hawk, Falcon, no. Falcon. Thank you. Uh, Red Hawk is his little. <laughs> um, but yes, I haven't got around to it. I want to. But what was I saying? Oh yeah, I always forget that he's not Boyd Holbrook. Um, speaking of him though, or one of the others, did you ever get around to seeing like the predator, the new predator? Uh, uh-uh. okay. There's a trend nowadays of just adding the word the to a movie and making it like a reboot. It's like the predator and sure. the suicide squad. Um, agreed. And so we're supposed to be getting a trailer at DC fandom, by the way. I, the thing is I've seen, they've released some imagery of like the yellow new title treatment on Instagram, which yeah. looks, it looks cool. I'm not going to lie. So I'm excited to see what they've got. I will say none of the Suicide Squad cast of characters are anywhere on my list for the top five on-screen villains. No. like No, I, I will definitely agree with they that. They misdid Killer Croc, I think, to wide degrees. Um, obviously, uh, um, Enchantress, huge whiff with the actress choice on that one. Oh, for huge. sure. Yeah. Margot Robbie is great, but I don't consider her enough of a villain. She's more of an antihero to me. Agreed, totally. Uh, Venom was a was a whiff. Tom Hardy, although I was thinking about this, what if go with me? Tom Hardy based boomerang movie. Oh yeah, I'd be down for a that. Crazy Australian like boomerang based criminal killer. Yeah, He's like I'm insane down with that. and goofy. I think Tom Hardy could. Sure. It'd be like Bronson, but with boomerangs. 
You're saying you don't want to see more Jack Courtney? I never want to see more Jack Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I wanna, there's a I want to gouge my jays out when he's around. <laughs> so uh, now that we know what's not on your list definitively, I think it's time that we list so we can hear what did make the cut. I think we should list. This is where we make a list. A list. Three, two. List. Suicide list. Or wait, wait. Kill myself with a toaster. Kill, kill, kill myself. What was by jumping off a building? What was a suicide? With all the music, I was trying to think of. Oh, we will, we will rock you, or whatever they edited that trailer yeah. to. That was better yeah. than the movie. It was it. We will rock you, it or was it uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? I think it was Bohemian Rhapsody. I think you're right. Dun, 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 that is what yeah. it was. Yeah, it was like the machine gun firing off a helicopter. It was cool. That was a cool trailer. So, <laughs> all right, let's all right. list. <laughs> all right, let's list. So my number, my number five, and it's going to sound surprising because it's so low on my list, but this it was so hard. But my number five is Ian McKellen as Magneto. Oh, don't, that doesn't sound weird because he's not on my list at all. Oh, really? Okay. He, he originally wasn't, but in some edits, he kind of moved sure. in to I get last it. I get place. It. Ian McKellen, Magneto, Brian Singer's X-Men. Yes. And honestly, anytime Ian McKellen does the character of Magneto, it's specifically his on-screen portrayal of Magneto. And the reason sure. The reason that I struggled with like I think he is the perfect embodiment of that character. Like when I see him on screen, I believe him as Magneto. I believe that he is sympathetic in the ways that he needs to be sympathetic. He is believable and I can kind of side with him in some of his movies, his one-on-one scenes with, um, with Patrick Stewart are just beyond amazing. And so for me, but he's just not my, those movies aren't my favorite superhero movies. He's not my favorite villain. I just think he is a perfect portrayal of what that character needs to be. And I just wanted to honor that by putting him somewhere on my list. So it's at the bottom. I, I totally agree with that. But he didn't, like, change uh, my perception of what the Magneto character was. He didn't bring new fandom. Like, I loved Magneto from the old X-Men comics. So it was, it was going to take a lot for someone to ruin Magneto for me. And he didn't. So it's not like – there are other people on my list who are like, wow, I never gave who a did shit better? about – I never gave a shit about right. your villain until I saw you do it. And now I'm a big fan, and that means a lot. And Magneto was always like, yeah, Magneto's cool. He is still cool. Ian McKellen is just the perfect one. I I do agree with that. I and I I I, I totally agree. Um, and my number five is similar, but I think from a better movie. Yeah. Oh. Um, and my number five is Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. He can I pause you? He's yes. the one that that got knocked off for Ian McKellen. Oh shit! We would have no way. We would have shared a number five because he was my number five, and he got replaced because he's only in one movie. That was my. It's like ah, I agree, but he's so good. I agree. He so is in. Good. He is in one movie, and several of my characters are only in one. Movie. So are mine. Uh, but I will. I will say, 
that Alfred Molina visually was a perfect Doc Ock, uh, but Spider-Man 2 is, is unarguably a better movie than the first Spider-Man. It is almost a perfect and comic book movie, in my opinion. I agree. His arc as kind of a sympathetic character to a like um not even power hungry but kind of a power hungry madman right is such a good arc it's such a good portrayal of this like mild-mannered professor that becomes this like horrible right. monster person but thinks he's doing it for the right reasons it's kind of this like well that is i think the the alfred molina doc ock character has a lot of the elements that willem dafoe had of you know in the green uh the green goblin because he had green like, goblin he had both you know his dark side and his good side talking to himself and he was driven by yep. all that but i think alfred molina does a better job because he also has the uh, like the Mister Freeze motivation of like I'm saving people, I'm doing good. Exactly, I have to go to drastic lengths to do good things, but I'm doing good things, and th I think that right. that complexity makes him better than Willem Dafoe because Willem Dafoe just sort of looks evil all the time. Alfred, Molina, <laughs> exactly, you're, you're kind of like you could be. You're like an uncle that I feel sorry for, and I want and you I to will say be okay. I think you're going to start to see themes that those motivations are ones that I gravitate to the most. I like tortured are, people. Are people thinking they're doing the right thing, but are doing like horrific things yeah. to, to get that end. Um, well, and I'll but Alfred Molina is just a... Oh, sorry, keep going. Uh, I was just going to say, it's just a great character. It's a great portrayal. It's the first time that we've gotten to see Doc Ock in live action. I got to say, Sam Raimi did an awesome job special effects wise. His tentacles, his robot tentacles look badass. His costume Dude, looks fucking badass. Even to this day, when I watch that movie, in the scene when him and Mary Jane are sitting in the diner, and it's just sort of a normal scene. And you just see that car start to come at him. Like flipping and rolling at him. It is so good. And it's just like it's Sam Raimi directed it so well. But it's like it's not focused upon until it needs to be focused upon. And you're yep. like, you're like, wait, wait, what is that going on? And it's just yep. perfect. And, and when he comes yep. into like the window and he's like crunching doors and stuff aside. Yep. In the subway. And oh. a lot of those, a lot of the tentacles were practical effects. They're puppets. Mm -hmm. So a lot of yeah. those tentacles, instead of just being CG, are like puppet tentacles that people are like controlling. Cool, like with they're wires just, and hooks and things. Yeah, they're just so badass. Um, I will definitely say without question, it is the best Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man oh, movie, period. Hands down. One is, one is decent. Two is amazing. Three is just garbage. So, actually, just let me ask because I'm curious. What do you think is the best Spider-Man movie of all of them? Uh, probably Spider-Man 2, honestly. Yeah. And then, for me, it would go Spider-Man 2. Then it would probably go Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Okay. Uh, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I take that back. Scratch all of that. Would you put Number Into the Spider-Verse? Number one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. I was number two, Spider-Man. Number two is Spider-Man Two. Number three would be Homecoming, 
and then the rest are kind of whatever. I didn't care for the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man at movies all. at all. Far from like, home isn't terrible, but it's it's a bit too messy. It's not as good as Homecoming. It's not, it's I not. liked Homecoming. And I liked Michael Keaton as uh, as the he, vulture. Spoiler alert, he's not on my list, but he was considered. I thought he was very good. Uh, same. Um, but yeah, so that's how I'd rank them. Number one is definitely Into the Spider-Verse, and I can't wait yeah. to see another Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I have uh, – you had mentioned something that I wanted to bring up because none of the villains on my list have this motivation, but I have noticed a trend lately – and I'll mention one movie as just an example, a representative example, but like the first Kingsman movie, like there's all these motivations lately where it's like, I am going to save humanity by killing half of humanity. And that's a theme I think with villains lately, which is interesting. Yep. And I, I don't necessarily gravitate towards that theme, although I can always identify with it in a movie. It's like, listen, I get why you're doing this on paper but it's hard for me to connect with it. But I have seen that in a lot of movies in the past like five to 10 years. And I wonder if it's just like this I agree. Ap apocalyptic feeling that we all have in the last well, if decade. If we want to get like super conspiracy theory-y, the most likely reason is because the government is trying to get us uh, acclimated to that concept through movies so that when eventually they decide to like kill off half of the world, that it won't With be coronavirus. as shocking or or foreign of a concept. Hmm, could that be coronavirus? Maybe. What, well, the thing is, is after this releases, if both of us die mysteriously within a month, we'll know that we stumbled For accidentally sure. Confirmed. onto this. And you need to avenge us, Fivers. Please avenge our memory. Avenge us, boys, or just me. No, yeah. no, both or of us. Revenge. No, avenge both of us. Or, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Or revenge us. Ooh, I like that. Um, speaking uh, of revenge, yeah. do you want me to go to my number four? I do. Revenge of the number fours. It is, and it's not related to uh, anything. Revenge of the Sith uh, at all, because that's not what we're talking about. Oh, perfect. So my number, Great. my number four is actually Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Ah. I was wondering if he would make an appearance on somebody's list. He he made one on mine for a handful of reasons. One, okay. he, he checks the box of, I kind of didn't care about this character that much until I saw you do it. Like, I knew who the Loki character was, but Thor was never like a comic book that I read religiously. So his, you know, gallery of villains I wasn't as connected with. But I will tell sure. you that there is something captivating about the way that Tom Hiddleston plays that character and as many times as he has died on screen to always make it impactful and then I don't know like I, fi I find myself being excited about the concept of his show like I want to see more of him doing that character and so that to me like earns kind of a spot but on the list so I, I do have to like but maybe he's not a villain per se Maybe that's kind of the, what I'm saying. He's I don't know that he because he's later por portrayed as much more of a like anti-hero, like going so far as to like help try to save Thor. Yeah, in the third and, one. Spoiler like, alert: die in the process of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So this, this is where I struggle with this one. It's because he definitely is a villain, like. 
in yes. the pantheon of the Marvel universe and in the Avengers one and Thor one, he is a sure. villain, but then he is converted. Oh man, you're tough. You're making a tough point. But now, it, but that's fine. He can he can be on your list. He's just not my number four. And he's he, not may on my not, list he may not he may not make it to the reasons. combined. He may not make it to the combined list because he can fall into the anti-hero category. And I've already sure. eliminated one or two people because of that. So sure. I have for my number four a very specific portrayal of a comic book villain. Ooh, okay. And Lay my number. Me. My number four is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. And it is specifically that iteration because her, and and for me, just so you know, it was between Catwoman, Batman Returns Catwoman, or Penguin. Those two were on the list for me. And the reason that Michelle Pfeiffer edged it out for me was because her character's arc is better I like that you see her descent into madness as opposed to the penguin just being that way because he's a monster, like because he was born that way kind of thing. She's my number three. Is she? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I, and and here's, here's why everything you said. Plus when I think of villains that I love to watch on, on camera, like that did a fantastic job. She was one of the first sure. ones I thought of. Like she's iconic in that role for me, and it's not because Halle Berry did a bad job or I didn't like. Um, oh shit, who did it in um, the Nolan verse? Anne Hathaway. Oh, uh, did a bad Anne job. Hathaway. I don't think she did a bad job, but Michelle Pfeiffer is so iconic. And Anne your- Hathaway did a very forgettable job for me. Like it was yeah. just kind of like, all right, it's not sure. bad. It's not you know, it's not Halle no. Berry, but it's also not like it's Michelle Pfeiffer is the high standard of how you come in and own a character for a movie for a movie arc i agree she and it was a portrayal of catwoman that had never been seen like that is not a comic book style catwoman it's really that was not like that was a tim burton creation yeah so specifically his iteration of catwoman was so unique and the scene where she like is has come back to life after getting pushed out the window and the cats and she are like stumbles her. into her apartment but the scene where she stumbles into her apartment and she just starts like destroying shit and like putting her stuff to animals in the garbage disposal and like and then she has that neon sign that says hello there and it breaks and it said hell here is fucking awesome like <laughs> just that whole vi- like her vibe of just like going insane and like painting things black like spray painting black on shit and just that portrayal is just awesome it's iconic and it's why it's my number three like to me it it is so iconic that i was just like oh it's like kind of that cherry in the middle but let me ask you because you're more of a 60s batman guy than i am in the original 60s like she was just a cat burglar right yeah, that, she's she was just, just like, like a, a cat yeah. burglar who dresses like a cat because she's on theme. Exactly, and she had very like cat-like personifications. And yeah, she's like sexy self. and like meow or whatever. But and was, she would like meow, and she'd do like a little sexy like lick right. and like. But it's not like I'm it's not what Michelle Pfeiffer and Tim Burton created for that movie. No, which yeah. was like a crazy like awesome. like a feral cat. You're kind of cutting out for me. Are you still there? 
Am I? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? It said my internet connection was unstable. Yeah. Oh, could you could you you're hear cut. me? Yeah, I could hear you the whole time. Okay, yeah. No, you're kind of like, and then you'll like go really fast and then stop, but you're okay right now. Yeah, I can hear it on my end, so I'm hoping that it's not going to mess anything up on my end. Okay, great. So, yeah, let's just keep going. So, that yeah, that was my number three for all of those reasons and so much. It's just like she's an iconic on-screen villain for me, and it's kind of like I don't think has ever been matched. I, I totally agree. Uh, it is not my number three. Uh, my number three came across as a, once again, more relatable villain for me. Okay. Um, my number three, and I think this one may surprise you, my number three is Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger. Wow. From, Good choice. From Black Panther. No, I think that's a fantastic choice. His portrayal of this person who was essentially rejected by his culture mm -hmm. and deciding that he no longer is going to listen to the rules of what other people dictate he has to live his life as and he is going to train to become the most powerful and then he is going to take back the kingdom and that whole does. arc for me exactly and he succeeds like that's the yeah. craziest part is he's a villain he's one of the few that like his plan works you know what i mean like not only works, does it work he wins. but it would it would work yeah it would work too but like and it's not a matter of he's doing it for i mean he yes he wants power he likes power but it's him and to charla um have the same goal it's like we want to make yes. wakanda powerful and strong and independent on the world stage but they have such a different approach doing it. it's like, we're going to hide ourselves away and protect ourselves. And he's like, no, we're going to use our power to decimate the rest of the world who doesn't stand with us. And it's like, that right. to me is such an interesting dichotomy because again, and, and they're both going after the black Panther moniker. So exactly. it's, it's, it's like, it's yeah. like a do it's like a dual side of a coin. Like yeah. these are the, essentially the same kind of person, but it, 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 I don't know. It resonated even deeper because he's got the whole fact that his father was this kind of like black sheep of, yeah. of the Wakandan Royal family and then was murdered. Yeah. Because either way, even though he was doing bad things, he was still murdered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was, he was executed. He was killed. I mean, even if you're like betraying King Arthur, if you're his, if you're the son of the guy who's murdered, you're not happy. He's murdered. You know, it's exactly. Just, it, it's still it, your father. Yeah. It still sucks. And yeah, I mean, and to me, he's another one that kind of checks that box of, I'll be honest, didn't care much or know much about Killmonger before that movie. And no. Michael B. Jordan, and it's not all him. And, and I think the direction and the, the screenplay or have a lot to do Agreed. with how, but Michael B. Jordan is such a good actor that he is able to elevate that character. I mean, I remember, and, and again, it's, uh, I think I've mentioned with Guardians of the Galaxy, there's that scene where he's singing into the rat creature and you're like, I'm going to love this movie or I'm going to love him as this character. There is a moment like that for me in um, Black Panther is when he's in the museum. And, yes. And he has his hair pulled back 
and he's like walking yep. around, he's like tell me about this tell me about this and you're like something he's bad like dude you're just he is so good at it and then he's so smooth yes and then he takes it he's like oh is that what connie's like no nah, i'm just feeling it yeah it's just so he is i believe it like i believe him and i'm with him like i'm gonna see where you go because i'm gonna go with you and then he has like there's a speech and I wish I could remember it, but there's a speech towards the end where he basically is like justifying his actions. And I remember like looking at Haley in the theater and being like, Ugh. like that is like, like a Malcolm X level, like fucking speech about like, this is why this should be like this. And no. And I, I felt pumped and I was like, it's, fuck, I want to be a bad guy with him. Like I want to follow that guy. Is the scene you're talking about like when he walks into the throne room and addresses like all the elders? Is that the one yeah, you're talking I think about? So. That's yeah. the one that that's the one that got me too. And he just looks yeah, badass with all a, those like cuts all over him. Yeah, the like scarification and yeah. shit looks fucking sick. A little bit of, we mentioned him earlier, but a little bit of Zazz. Yes, I may have to watch that movie again now because now I'm getting all pumped. We we rewatched so, it like two weeks ago. Out. It's great. Nice. Um, yeah, it's great. So yeah, so that. that's my number three. Well, so actually, if you're getting too pumped, if you're getting too worked up, you should probably go to a commercial break. You're probably right. It should it should probably cool. I should cool down by listening to some very real, very not fake sponsors. First, there was the land before time. And then, there was the land before time too. And then, there was the land before time three. And after that, the land before time four. And then also, the land before time five. And after that, came the land before time seven. But then, in a really unexpected move, was The Land Before Time 8. And then, the cinema classic, The Land Before Time 9. Then, in theaters, but also at home and not really in theaters, The Land Before Time 9. And then, following The Land Before Time 9, the Netflix-only release of Net Land Before Time 10. And then, after Land Before Time 10, came the... Only exclusive to in-between YouTube videos special, Land Before Time 11. And then the Walmart exclusive, Land Before Time 12. And then, available only in a certain garbage can marked at Disneyland, Land Before Time 13. And following that, the Amazon exclusive, Land Before Time 14. And then following that, only given to a very special chosen few at St. Jude's Hospital. The Land Before Time 14. And then, telepathically distributed, The Land Before Time 15. And then, into the future traveling, but then into also the past, we don't know, The Land Before Time 16. And then, the Jake Gyllenhaal helmed where he does all the voices, Land Before Time 17? <laughs> then, after Jake Gyllenhaal came 
a cast of no one. <laughs> the completely silent <laughs> land before time. 19? 18. 18. And following that, the Michael Douglas directed Land Before Time 19. And then everyone remembers the Michael Bay reboot of Land Before Time, Land Before Time 20. <laughs> Which preceded the John Carpenter Land Before Time XXI. <laughs> then Land Before Time 12, because that's just the way it goes. I think you mean 22. Yep. <laughs> but before 22... <laughs> After 22 was episode 23, comma, Land Before Time. Yes. And then Land Before Time 24. Yes. <laughs> and then Jason versus Land Before Time. Yes. Parentheses 25. Then Land Before Time MIB 26. <laughs> and finally... Land Before Time 27. Join our fellow adventurers, Littlefoot, and his other dinosaur friends. Honestly, I'm going to stop you right there. This is too many movies. I, um, I just don't care about the franchise anymore. This is when they escape from the geriatrics home, though. But do they? They die there. The Notebook. <laughs> Watch it. Or don't. I don't care. A book with dinosaurs. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's too many movies. <laughs> Stop making Land Before Times. <laughs> Cars 2. Point seven. <laughs> All right. And we're back. Once again, very real sponsors. Selling not, some not very real products. Not a lick of them are made up. Uh, also not, not made at up all. are our benevolent overlords at Project Hyphen Nerd. Those are some very real people that you should go and support, buy their clothes, give them money, help them out. They're, these are great hey, people, and they support us. You know what else that they've done that, that we can promote to our listeners? Who was that? You and I have been on another podcast on their network. We should talk about that. That's right. They've got to go listen to podcast exactly podcast unreal it's where a rotating panel of people from the project nerd podcast network stables come on an episode and get very unreal with very fake characters in very fake interviews they're basically mini pod they're basically mini improv skits with a handful of project nerd personnel and it, they're great fun and you get to hear us fall on our asses and just have a lot of fun. So go podcast unreal. Look for it on Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, yep. Google Play. Uh, I think is it on Spotify it's yet? In, or if you if you subscribe to the Nerdcast feed, then it will automatically update within that feed for yep. you. Yep, it works. So go check it out. Um, all right. So we are at our top two most yeah. beloved and iconic comic book villains in film. Are you ready? We've listed some really good stuff up to this late. Uh, up to this point well, so re remind me remind me what your five through three were and i'll do mine before i get to number two sure so my number five was doc ock from spider-man 2 alfred molina my number four was michelle pfeiffer as catwoman from batman returns and then my number three is michael b jordan as eric motherfucking killmonger i love from, it from uh, black panther so my five were was ian mckellen as magneto uh, yep. My number four was Tom Hiddleston 
as Loki. Mm-hmm. My number three, following in your footsteps, was Michelle Pfeiffer as nice. Catwoman. Solid. And so that I moves us it. into my number two, which is Michael B. Jordan as Eric Motherfucking Killmonger. Sick. Here he okay so everything you said but i want to add my context of why he's number two and not number three because i i actually flipped around on this one sure he checks the box so much of i didn't even know who this character was really i had no idea about his backstory or his motivations or whatever and it was a kind of a a comic character an arc that i hadn't followed and he was so compelling in that movie, not only is it one of my favorite like villains in the Marvel universe, it's one of my favorite films in the Marvel universe. And oh, agreed, totally agreed. For him to have that level of impact on a pantheon of films that's that big and expansive, and he doesn't even have multiple occurrences. It's not like you know he gets to come back in the group movies like everybody else does. He is gone. There, there is something so impactful about what he was able to do with that character that to me elevates it beyond some of these others. Cause to your point, Tom Hiddleston has had like seven chances to get Loki, right? And sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't, agreed. you know? So totally agreed. So that to me, and, and it's, and it's different for me than Ian McKellen with Magneto because I was surprised by how much I liked this character. I did not know that I was going to connect with him as much as I did. Um, so, yeah. So that for me is number two. That is where he lands. I love it. And, and I, I just couldn't, it was just too I good. I love it. All right. So my number two, um, I went back and forth on this one because it is a newer villain and it's one that gets talked about a lot, but ultimately it was one of the most intriguing, uh, motivations okay that i've seen and you've talked about it i think it's very current and my number two is thanos uh he's so good and the re the reason my number two is thanos is because i genuinely feel like his motivation while horrific in his actions is relatable is understandable he thinks that he is making the hard choice to save the universe, essentially. Not just Earth, but to save everyone. And th- I, that is the most dangerous motivation. When you, when you think, when you become so self-important that you think you are the only person who sees the clear path, that is straight up madness. And here, here's the thing about Thanos that I think is interesting is that, or at least the way they portrayed him on screen, is when he has ultimate, the ultimate power, he literally does exactly what he said he was going to. He doesn't go power hungry. He doesn't take over the universe and rule on a throne made of like bone and sadness. He literally yep. culls half the universe and then retires on a farm. And the scariest is his plan worked. And the movies acknowledge exactly. that his plan worked. It's not a matter of once he's again, a madman. He was right. Exactly. Just like Killmonger, his plan was successful. Like, that's it. Everybody just has to deal with the fact that 
it worked. You know what I mean? And then you get the whole second Avengers Endgame where they're just trying to undo what he did. Like, it's basically like, well, fuck. Right. Um, And I think there's just something so interesting about that. There's something so interesting and almost scarier about the fact that this villain had this singular directive, achieved it, and then walked away and was like, okay. And that's so much more impactful than like I had mentioned the Kingsman earlier, specifically because I didn't want to reference Thanos. But I mentioned because sure. he has the same plan. And there's been a lot of those lately that like they have the same plan, but they never they're all stopped before they achieve it because those movies can't be like, well, because time travel. You know, so um Exactly. So I think Thanos is and Thanos gets the benefit of having Josh Brolin perform him, which is very which was smart. He does a great job. I think the the CGI and the animatics on the character look incredible. The other thing that I'll compliment Thanos on is it was so smart of the screenwriters to take a take out the comic line of his infatuation with death. With death, sure. And that was so smart because what you've described is the motivation from the movie as opposed to him just being in love with destruction and wanting to please her so he causes the most of it he can. I agree. And which is why, like, I've on my list so far, I've even called out like Catwoman is a is a sole creation of Tim Burton. Exactly. That is not the Catwoman from the comic books at all. No. But it is the one that I like more than the more screen or more comic accurate portrayals that I have yeah. been on screen. And this is a similar thing. Thanos is better used, I think, here. And the scene with him and uh, infant, uh, not like toddler Gamora, where he's like showing her yes. the balance. And he's like, you know, this is how the universe works. And you have to have balance and blah, 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 blah. And then like, as he's doing it, he's murdering half of her race, like behind yes. her. It's just like, oh, my goodness, dude, you're so just the worst. But I kind of see why you're doing it. Honestly, his cronies are way more intimidating than he is. Or way more Definitely. scary, like evil than he is. But I will say it's it's and it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch like a single person take on multiple Avengers. You know what I mean? Like he just feels so powerful. Like that battle in uh in uh Infinity Wars when he is on that planet. And you've got, like, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, fucking the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they're all fighting him. And he's basically just, like, I mean, it's such a brutal fight. Yes. And they just barely survive it until they don't. Well, the thing is, they, they barely win until one of them messes up. Like, it took all of them being 100% perfect to even come close to beating him. And then, you know... this one goes to the directors but the scene of him pulling down the moon bad ass fucking so cool sick Sick. but then the scene Uh, so yeah so that's why it mirrors it in endgame where they're all fighting him again and it is awesome like with when he has his double sword and they're like throwing the sword up in the air and the shields hitting the i mean the the shields hitting the hammer and it's oh it's it's a, a great fight anytime he's fighting multiple avengers so that made uh, Thanos that secured his position as my number two. That is that's a strong choice, and I I I approve. So now we're nice. to my number one, right? We're at your number one, man. All right. 
I struggled with this one. And you may think that I'm going to be like, oh, it's Thanos. It's not. Thanos did not make my list, mainly because the motivation of that, like, I need to destroy half the world to save the world. It's kind of like, I'm tired of that. Yeah. And I figured you would talk about Thanos so I could geek out with you. Sure. So my number one is Jack Nicholson's Joker. (laughs) That's so interesting because my number one is Heath Ledger's Joker. (laughs) Those are the ones I went back and forth on. And here's, here's why I chose what I chose. Okay. Heath Ledger is a better, he's better. Just across the board is better. Sure. Jack Nicholson is just so fun. And I like that movie. I watch that movie and I will watch it probably oh, consistently more. Agreed. So it was literally but, to say, I like it a little bit better. Play. But as a villain, I think Heath Ledger's Joker is more dangerous. He is more villainous. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Uh, I mean, so that's that's kind of where I landed up. But tell me about your love for Jack Nicholson Joker, because I'll totally geek out with you over that. Because don't get me wrong, I fucking love Jack Nicholson. So Joker. here's here's where I landed on it: is that my favorite on screen villain is the Joker, and it could flip flop between Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger on any specific day, but it's always that character. Sure. And it's because of some of the things I talked about earlier. I love a a villain with a good motivation but I am more fearful of a villain with no motivation. And I think that those two V's, those two portrayals have done that character, the justice in that of, you know, like obviously Jack Nicholson has the revenge angle with his. I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like Jack Nicholson is the least of that because he, his is solely because he was cr- like he was forced right. into this role, and, and and while while I acknowledge that, and that's why I think Heath Ledger is a better Joker across the board. I just have a nostalgia connection to the Jack Nicholson one, like the the I, we've talked about it on other podcasts, but the scene where he has the skin paint on and he wipes that off, and it's the white underneath. That is just so stuck in my mind, and him pulling that giant gun out of his pants it's just the it has the element of wackiness that i wanted which the heath ledger joker has almost no wackiness and anytime you think there's going to be wack oh no he, he does like he when he's dressed the up eye. in the nurse oh, no the okay. nurse costume no, you know what I in the back. hospital take it back attack he has wackiness you know what <laughs> and let's just talk about heath ledger you're right he wins <laughs> he wins you're right you're right he wins He's his portrayal win. is his portrayal is so anar- anarchist. Yeah, uh, I've um, changed. I've changed my mind. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. Heath Ledger uh, wins. But the scene, the scene of him blowing up the hospital and the like, perfectly timed actual mistake that happened of the, of, of the remote not working with the explosion, and then him kind of like looking, and then it exploding, and him like. <laughs> Like all of that read so Joker to me, the magic trick read so Joker to me, but the most important thing that I think is like a boiled down essence of the Joker that I think that this movie really honed in on was exactly what you said. They intentionally multiple times had the Joker describe a different origin story for himself. 
because the point was that it didn't matter. Right. All of the things or none of those things could have happened. They are all equally as horrific. Right. And they are all equally as leading to this moment. And, and it doesn't that matter. Is what exactly and so he kept saying different stories it was his mom it was his dad it was he did it to himself like it was and i'll tell you another thing that i that i thought was a really interesting aspect of that movie and uh, one thing i thought of as we were talking that made me change my mind is the scene where he burns his pile of money he doesn't yeah. he doesn't burn everybody's money it's just like this is my wow. half and I'm burning it. And they're like, why are you doing it? He's like, well, because all I need are guns or explosions, and those are cheap. And, like, yeah. it truly cements that any other villain would be like, oh, I stumbled into money, so I'll just use this money to financially support my evil schemes. It may not be about money, no. but I can use it. He doesn't even need it. He just burns it. And that, to me, no. even cements more, like, this is not about anything you think it's about. And one of the most iconic scenes, and maybe one of my favorite comic book scenes ever, Ooh, really, is the interrogation scene between him and Batman, mm -hmm. when Batman is beating the shit out of him, and he's just laughing, and he's like, there is nothing that you can do with all of your strength, <laughs> there is nothing you can do to hurt me, and that, like, that neutering of a hero yeah. just to like laugh in their face like yes this is what i want beat the shit out of me Kill this me. is hilarious I'm winning. you think right you think you're winning by doing this you're not doing shit like yeah. it doesn't matter the fucking scene where batman like fucking <laughs> breaks his hand by like smashing his hand it, I mean, that whole scene is just fucking that is a master class in filmmaking Look, well just the <laughs> All of it, awesome. and and to know behind the scenes that was the first scene that they filmed together is crazy. I know, is crazy. Another compliment that I read recently. This is something I learned probably within the last three weeks. Is the scene where Heath Ledger is clapping when Gordon gets promoted or whatever, and he's just sure. like sitting in the bars, just like kind of with his hands out, sarcastically clapping. He. Oh, you mean no? He's sitting in the jail cell. Yes. Yeah. He's like doing. Yeah. The sarcastic, like, yes, yeah, because, clap. Because Gordon, he's like, you know, you're now commissioner or whatever. And he's like, but you know, yeah. whatever. And he's like, or whatever. Uh, that was Heath Ledger on set. And he would improv that. And then they changed the camera. He's like, film it, film it, film it. So they like repositioned the camera. That was him improving on set that they added to the script. Oh, shit. I had no idea. That's awesome. Just, but I also all the love the like scene. That. There's a very similar scene. And I always thought of it as an homage to Burton's Batman. There's a similar scene where Batman is driving at Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? I do. And he's like standing and he has like the gun and shit. And that's when he pulls uh, out the huge one. Yeah. And that is essentially the same scene from the dark Knight yes. when Heath Ledger is standing there and he's like, come on, come on. And, and Batman is like riding at him on the motorcycle it's the same fucking scene, and it's so chilling yeah. to watch him. Like, I, I was like, gonna like kill me. Let's do this. I was gonna mention that scene because I think that there's something that Heath Ledger does that's really great in that scene. Is I almost think that's the only scene in the movie where you see his true motivation. 
is he just wants to make Batman murder him. Murder. And I think yeah. that's like all he really wants was to in that. Because there is this when he's doing, he's like yelling as he's holding the gun. He's like, come on, come on. And then he almost under his breath says, do it, kill me to himself, yeah. to nobody else. And it's like you're talking to yourself in that moment. Like that's what you really want. And I don't, there's right. just like, again, it's a masterclass in the character. Because he wants to prove that there is no good or bad there is no black and white there is no like it's all shades of gray and if he can get the most stalwart hero who refuses to kill if he can get him to kill then it's all bullshit there is no good and then i also love the idea that his real plot was to ruin um two-faces life the whole time yeah like it's, it's all this get- misdirection it's it's just an awesome portrayal and i will say that i was so sad because i know he was planned for the third movie i'm so sad that we didn't get to see where that character's ultimate like where where he ultimately ended up you know what i mean because i will say that it does feel like a strange letdown at the end of that movie to just have him like captured and dangling by his foot even though it's fun because he's still laughing and he thinks it's hilarious and it doesn't matter to have it just end so abruptly like that. And then his character is just gone is it almost a bit unfortunate. It almost would have been like, and I know, I don't know, maybe this is a terrible idea, but to have it be like, you know, Batman saves him and he does the thing. And then he reaches up and like cuts his foot off or, cuts his leg and he something and he falls and then like crashes and as it zooms in he's like bleeding out and still laughing something like i don't know right well that's essentially what, what happened in the jack nichols which i but that one is how he has like the laugh box sure I, but it's still just the like i'd be okay with know. it though i do like that yeah. end for the character I do like I that know. too but i don't once again i don't i don't know that i wanted him to die oh i definitely like, I like yeah you know, I definitely didn't. Uh, yeah, but anyway, have you? Yes, the Joker is my number one from Heath Ledger's Dark. And Man. so that's obviously we're already in our combined list because that's number one on the combined list. But I sure. want to. I want to. Wait, hold on. What do we have for our game for this? Because I think I actually have. A, I don't know. What do we have for our game? Um, let me open it up. Uh, because I think I just thought of a better one. All right, okay. before we yeah, get to the game, let's about, make our master list. Let's make our master list. Now I've got a better idea for the game. All right, so our master list, obviously number one, Heath Ledger's Joker from right. The Dark Knight. And then we got to kind of figure uh, out a balance. Like, I think Thanos needs to be on the list somewhere, but I don't know if I'd want him at two. I almost I, want to put I want Killmonger. Killmonger. I want Killmonger at two, and then I maybe want Catwoman at three. Okay. I'm fine with and that. And then... Then we're at, uh, I've got Doc Ock still, Thanos, and you have Loki. I want to say Loki's off. He's too much of an anti-hero. I'm I'm okay with that because he sort of doesn't fit into that that role. I would almost say Thanos at number four because I do think he's a a great encapsulation of that villain. So Josh Brolin is Thanos. And then who are we arguing between? We've got Doc Ock and Ian McKellen. I kind of want to put Doc Ock because it'd, yeah. it'd be between him and Magneto. And I, I was so close to putting him on my list that I'm 
find the atom on the let's do the doc Ock. let's do okay. it alfred molina then doc so what do we got master list wise so number five doc ock by alfred molina number f- nice four wait where did it number four josh brolin as thanos number three michelle pfeiffer as catwoman number two michael b jordan as killmonger and number one heath ledger as the joker that's fucking awesome. Top list, five on screen comic book villains. I mean, go to the, some old Supermans and check out Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Really good. Yeah, it's good fun. Like stuff. go go check out Danny DeVito as the penguin, like we said. Batman returns rules. You know, go check out some of these other like comic book villains. Go watch um I almost actually put Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian on my list. Oh, nice. Because he's a, uh, a villain, I think. <laughs> Hella, uh, Hella. Oh, uh, what's what's that actress's name? Um, Kate Blanchett. She's great. as Hella. She's awesome. She was considered. Yep. So there's so many to go watch, but these are the five that if you want to see where you can take a villain and how you can take one from almost nowhere and bring him into a relatable light, watch these movies. These are gonna be great. All right. So you know what that means? It's end game time. Ooh, I like it. I want to play a game. Oh, what a wonderful game it is, too. Risk is part of the game. Well, how about a game of Parcheesi? Remember that favorite game of yours? Games worthy of his majesty. You really think you're the only one who can play this game? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Let the games begin. All right, Jay, so Game Master Supreme, what do you have for us this week? So I want to base our game off of a concept tweet that I saw someone put out a little while ago. And basically, Mm -hmm. he said, if... In the vein of Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, who we didn't mention in this episode, but you couldn't have more than one Joker. He did pretty damn great. Um, He did. But that's not really a comic book movie. And for me, I don't know that he is the definitive Joker that I want. Yeah. Like, yeah, he is a Joker and he's, but he's not like the, but he's really not funny. Like even less funny than Heath Ledger. That's a really kind of depressing movie. Yeah. But, but he's, you know, quality. But someone was like, in the vein of that movie, can I get a prequel movie about Clayface where he is played by multiple actors as he takes on different forms and shapes to do different crimes? So, fuck, I would love that. That's going to be our game as we're going to figure out which actors need to play different versions of Clayface. And because he's a thespian. I love it. And so we're going to play All right. we're, we're going to play a game I've called Clayfaces. Do you know who I want? Uh, can I can I start? Yes, please. We've got to pick Do five you know who I wa- five actors who are going to play him throughout the course All of the right. movie. All right. So as his core, like his main form. Okay. So like the actor who he was before he became mutated uh, into Clayface. I kind of, and I don't know why. I really have no reasoning for this. It just like instantly popped into my head when you said that. Daniel Craig. Ooh, could I, could I offer, could I offer the same country of origin, but a different person? What, sure. what, what about going meta with it and getting? Oh shit! Who was the guy who played Lincoln? Oh, uh, fucking, um, uh, last, Daniel. That's who I thought you were uh, going to say. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Like one of the most, I, 
I, uh, idyllic character forming or Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. Body I don't trans- want Christian Bale. Fuck no, no, him. I don't, I don't, but, but like, uh, but I do like, I, I do like Daniel day Lewis as the core personality. Although if we're I- going with a grounded, like gritty, realistic take, then I'd be totally cool with that. And Although I, I feel it, like Daniel Craig has more of a like put upon kind of look. I was going to say, I think he could be more intimidating. I don't know. Well, Dan, I mean, thinking about uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, Gangs in New York, he's pretty damn intimidating. In I know, movie. as Bill the Butcher. Uh, I could I could go either Daniel Craig or Daniel. You know what? One of the Daniels will let our viewers or our listeners right. decide. Perfect. Guys, tweet at us, Facebook us. If you're on the Patreon uh, chat, a discussion group, put it in there. Which of the Daniels plays the core Clayface? You know who definitely needs to be in there, though? For who? show. Who? Alan Tudyk. Wait, you froze. You- Alan, Alan Tudyk. Q. Yes. Where'd you go? Jay, I'm here. Ah, can oh. you hear me? Now, now I can. Now I can. Alan Tujic? Yes. Oh, no. Where'd you go? We're so close. Yes. I'm here. Alan Tujic. Do it. He's the one. Right. He's the man. I agree. I like that. I like that a lot. Excellent. You know who we also need? We need like a big hulking. He, we need like a Ving Rhames. I was going to say Michael Clark Duncan, but he's not around. But like a Ving Rhames sure. type of dude. So for like Ving Rhames. Yeah, I'm down with Ving Rhames. Because we need like a hulking brute that he can like bust down walls through. And, you know, and I don't want like a yeah. Vinnie Jones who did uh, Juggernaut. Like that's not the right look. Yeah. Like we could, it could have The Rock. Yeah, but he's too, he's too The Rock. We could have beefed up Tom Hardy. Ooh. I mean, that, that'd, be, that'd be not bad. I, I still like, think. Like Bing. Bane-sized or uh, Bronson-style Tom Hardy. True, but we need to throw in some ethnic diversity there. You know? You're right. All right, that's fair. So like Ving yeah. Rhames. So we've got, we've got All right, Alan Tudyk as like a con artist type of, like wormy yep. con artist type of motif. We've got Ving Rhames yep. as the bruiser. We need like a sexy yeah. manipulator. So we need like a woman he can turn into. Like Alicia uh, Vikander or what's a, what's a, um, uh, not Sandra O, oh, but um, Sandra O, oh, I mean, could work, but like a, an Alicia Vikander or someone of that ilk. Um, who do you think would yeah, be our good femme, femme oh! fatale? No, you know who I want? Uh, fucking Samara Weaving. Oh, yes. We just watched Ready or Not the other day. And Isn't it so fucking good? So fucking good. I want to go back and watch. What was that movie? She was in Mayhem with the dude from Walking Dead. Yeah, dude. I recently watched uh, Guns Akimbo. I would that Daniel saved, Radcliffe. I saved that on she, Amazon. She's in that. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's it's fun. Okay, okay. I'll I'll probably give it's it. It's like it's like it's like Crank. You know what I mean? Like oh, okay, with Daniel Radcliffe. It's like. Yeah, and he just has guns bolted to his hands. I, I love the concept of it. You know what? Yes, let's. But go Samara, with Samara Weaving, Weaving is in it because she. Can I be love like her. A, a killer. She could be violent. She could be like the sexy, but then all of a sudden, like, be murdering you with her handgun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. 
Also, I'm very excited to see her and Bill and Ted face the music as one of the daughters. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I want to know how big of a role that she has. I have a feeling the daughters are going to play a very, very prominent role in that movie. Yeah, I think it's I Theodora so. and it's Billy and Theodora. Yeah, because awesome. Um, all right, so we've got we've got three. We need two more. What other what other characters would this guy need? He probably needs like oh, you know. I know this it evokes kind of the same thing as like an Alan Tudyk, but I also kind of like Simon Pegg. I was as like, I was gonna say someone maybe a little older since we have a, a an uh, an Alan Tudyk. What about like someone like a David Thewlis from Fargo? Yes, like his like Weasley that. character from Fargo. Yeah, I like that. I can or, get into that. Or ooh, wait, 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 wait. Um, um, uh, what about um, Brian Duraf from Lord of the Rings? Oh, Brad Duraf. Chucky. Oh, Chucky. Yeah. Brad Duraf. Brad. Yes. Brad. Brad Duraf. Yes, a Brad. Uh, yes. I'm so totally into that. Yes. Okay, so a fourth is like a Brad, Brad Duraf, like a creepy. Yeah, Brad Duraf. And then we need one more. Who else do we need? What do we? Um, what other sort of stereotype is there? So, well, well, you know, we've got the hulking bruiser for when he's like doing like robberies and stuff. We've got the weasley yep. guy. We've got the con artist. We've got we've like got... the femme fatale. He probably need like a businessman type. Right. We need like a, uh, Ooh, um, oh, who was the guy? Let me look him up real quick. He played the the um, um did you know that Millie Bobby Brown was in that Godzilla vs. Kong movie? Yeah, she was in the Godzilla King of the Monsters. Well, I know that. I just didn't know that her character was going into the next one. I didn't either. Oh. <sighs> Um, like uh, uh, Bradley Whitford, like a Bradley Whitford. Oh sure, I think because he can he can be all over the map. Like he can be whatever you need. So we need. Yeah. So we got all right. Either a Daniel Day Lewis or Daniel Craig as the core, and then we've got our yep. you know sexy femme fatale in Samara Weaving. We've got our bulking bruiser in Ving Rhames. We've got our con artist in Alan Tudyk. We've got our slimy weasel in Brad Dourif. And we've got like our anything goes and uh, like I can get you anywhere, Bradley Whitford. Yeah. I like it. I'm on board. I love I it. I want this movie. There you now. go. This movie has to happen. Dream casting for Clayface, the movie. Oof. I love it. Man, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. You know, it would ultimately just be called like Faces. It, yeah. Or Clay. <laughs> right. Clay, the movie. <laughs> coming to a theater near you all right and that's it for this week's episode man go check out all of these villains on all of the movies that you love go check out project hyphen nerd subscribe to our patreon and hear all the amazing bonus episodes that you're not hearing in this live it, in it, this it's free feed guys it is so good you don't know what you're missing all right get out of here Bye. go watch movies and listen to things we have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably 
knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my5 at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen Getting recast in your own life? <laughs> Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happened to the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.